Alex, welcome to March Madness. I know we were just we were just talking about that. So hey, Claire, Claire, Claire must be like just waking up because I don't I, I don't think he's on camera yet, so he might be wearing pajamas. I normally do that. Hmm. Yeah, it is early. Welcome everyone to Tech by Design, where the Richmond Technology Council takes you to the edge for trending tech and innovation here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Nick Surface, CEO of RVA Tech, along with Alex Atanias, CEO of Shaco. Come join us. We are here post uh, Elite Eight, looking at the Final Four, and hoping to talk a little basketball and tech today. What you got, Alex? What's on your mind? Oof. Tech. I wonder how many forms of technology and how many advancements they have made for both fan technology and player technology, right? From sleep tracking to blanket Wi-Fi coverage and everything in between. I don't see too many players wearing the Whoop band. Do you know about the Whoop band, the Vitals? I've seen it. Isn't it like that big square thing? Uh, it's not too big. It's more like a, a pedometer thing now that you wear around, but it's got all your vitals. It's got your sleep recovery. It tracks your strain, all that good stuff. But I don't see a lot of basketball players wearing it. Anyway, that's on the player side, but I want to talk about the fan side, Alex. Maybe you have some insight. Looking at the fan experience, the basketball experience hasn't changed much in the last 50 years. It's the same viewpoint. You don't get the swinging camera like you do in NFL. You don't get any drone shots. Obviously, you're in a stadium. There's a lot more to show. When you go and walk around a basketball stadium, the viewpoints and angles you see and the perspectives are drastically different from that one camera angle you get on the television. Why is that? I'll take a guess here, but I think it's, it's, it's just people want different viewpoints. We're accustomed to more than just a single viewpoint. And because we are on so many different screens at this point, whether you're in the stadium or at home, you want to see all the different points of view from a data perspective, from an entertainment perspective, from a fan perspective. It's just incredible. I think mobile applications, and and we'll talk about things after mobile, but I think mobile applications and the amount of data that we are processing through them is just, it's it's insane. What are your thoughts? Um, I wish there was a viewpoint from the bench. I wish there was a viewpoint from the scorer's table. I wish there was a more on-court experience that you could see. I wish that there was a viewpoint from literally a video game viewpoint, so to speak, from underneath the scoreboard. So it's mostly viewing for me. You just wish you could see a lot more of the angles. It's such a such a physical, such a nuanced game. I wish I could see more of the action and feel it. I don't feel it at home. So I, th- I think there's two different things that are going to happen there. The first thing is as people more able to process the actual video streaming from all those viewpoints, it's going to become a lot easier and more manageable to have those different viewpoints. I think today we still rely on a lot of manpower to actually process those angles quickly, very quickly, obviously, and, and show them to the fan. I also know from working in the sports industry that a lot of fans are, I wouldn't say less interested, but but there there is a specific set of fans that take up a large percentage that are more interested in the statistics than they are the actual plays, right? I would consider you and I casual fans but the intense fans are actually looking at the stats player by player, play by play. And they're not looking at the Instagram 
video feed. And when I say Instagram, I'm talking about that 20 second replay or 15 second replay to say, my gosh, that was a good shot. So I think it's about the data more than the actual video. You know, Alex, that pairs well with your previous comment about multiple screens, but I'm I'm curious, and you may have a better sense of this than I do, but for the folks that are around multiple screens, when you're multi-screening it, watching a basketball game on one screen, are you typically diving deeper on that second screen into that same experience or are you checking something else out? So you're checking stats. You're checking stats. Yeah. So, so a lot of times th- there's one of two things that are happening. You have the screen on. And then from our experience, what's, what's really happening is you're checking the stats, player by player stats, play by play stats, betting stats, text messages, right? Like social exchanges with friends. What we haven't seen a lot of, and, and this still happens again, there's the casual viewer, but you don't have people watching two games at the same time. Like that's when you go to a bar, that's when you have two televisions on in your house. But we don't see a lot of like the watching two games at the same time. We see a little bit of the replays. So when the television doesn't play the replay enough, you'll see people like actually like do the replay on their phone if possible. But again, it's mostly about the stats. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's at home. I mean, it's a whole different experience when you are in the stadiums. Right. Right. Are you anticipating any new coming out for the Final Four? Are we going to see anything cool in a week here? I don't work with the NCAA, but I don't think so. What about you? What do you want to see? Aspirationally, what would you like to see? I just, um, I want to see Miami win. That's what I want to see, Alex. So is that considered new tech? Definitely, definitely new tech. Speaking of Miami, I want to talk a little bit about some new tech on the golf course that you know about. Lots of good golf courses down in Florida, and we've talked a lot about golf on this podcast, but you've got some new tech with glasses coming out or that you've been experimenting with. Can you talk to me a little bit about data and glasses and the golf course? Yeah, so we were down at Disney last week week on Thursday and Friday. And we've been working with this company. I was actually just going to post this on LinkedIn. So um, this will go out, I guess, before this show. But for those of you that listen to this, it's already on LinkedIn. But there's a company called Engo, uh, Engo Eyewear. They actually won awards at CES earlier this year. They created these sunglasses for runners and bikers. And so as a runner, you could you could track your mileage. It's kind of like having me map my run in your eyes. It's a much improved version of what was Google Glass, and it's not as intrusive. So I really like it. I love it from a cyclist standpoint. Never tried it from a running standpoint, but I thought it would be perfect from a golf standpoint. As a golfer, one of the things that we do is we constantly look and see distance to the pin, wind, et cetera, et cetera, to see what affects our shots. For me, it's primarily the amount of beer I drink. So none of those stats actually like help me. But if you were a golfer, you're looking at distance to the pin, yardage of the course, or the actual hole that you're playing with, possible wind conditions. And what we've done is partnered with MGO to actually bring a lot of these golf courses or the maps themselves into the actual like viewpoint of the screen. It's very non-intrusive. So instead of having to look at your watch, or pull out your phone, or have one of those range finders, you're actually just perusing to the top left of the screen. And like I said, these glasses are built for runners. So you put them, I mean, it's like you're playing golf with them and they're, they're tight on your face. They come in all sorts of colors. I think they have blue and gold and whatnot, but it's incredible technology. For the runner and the cyclist, what kind of data are you getting there? Are you getting vitals? Are you getting distances in front of you? Just distances for now. Okay. Vitals will come next. So we'll start working we'll start working on some of the stuff for, for actual vitals to see like heart rate and, and whatnot from so you'd actually see. Are you it on getting your eyes. performance speeds? 
What do you, when you say performance speeds, are you talking about like split speeds? So how fast you're riding, how fast you're running, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. And we don't do that. That's actually like out of the box solutions for Engo. Like the, the vital stuff we'll probably build in. We're focused on the golf sport. The reason we actually started using these Engos is my experience in being on the PGA was really twofold. There was two types of people watching the tournaments, right? The first type of people, I should say there's probably a lot, but the ones that I noticed is there are people that sit on one hole and watch every player come by, mm-hmm. right? And they're awesome. They're, they're literally there to see a wide spectrum of people and they have their phone. They, they, they basically are checking the stats and, and looking at the plays. Awesome people. Then there's the people that are following one specific group. And what I wanted to basically do with these glasses is... Essentially, instead of having your phone or going to a, if you've ever been to a golf event, it's a very social experience, right? You're there with friends, you are there to have fun, you're there to watch your favorite players. And one of the things that I was trying to test out is see how you could basically non-invasively show the actual player that's on the tee box and the actual distance that they hit their ball. Just a few key stats that you could actually talk about when you are on the course. That essentially turned into how do we basically take these glasses and bring the technology into the course so you don't have a phone, you don't have a watch, you actually just have a little data point in in the top left corner. Like I said, I'm going to be posting a LinkedIn message or what is it, an update on what we're doing with these glasses in the next hour or so, but it, it looks really promising and a lot of fun. And it's NGO, is it N-G-O or what is the? N-G-O-2. N-G-O-2 eyewear. I'm sorry, E-N, E-N-G-O, E-N-G-O. E-N-G-O eyewear. Perform at yep. the speed of sight. Is that what we're looking at here? That's, um, that entirely is, new way to train and compete, according to their website. Also, a little Terminator-like, right? The, uh, the look and aesthetic here is future forward. I would say, for those who haven't seen it. On the flip side of that, the data is actually really nuanced and I wouldn't say hidden, but really nicely designed into the top yeah. corner of the glass. Doesn't look like it affects field of vision at all. And frankly, if the style could catch on, I mean, these these are cool looking glasses. Like in, yeah. The other thing is, you know, when you see these, my first reaction is, I know there's something else going on here. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're clearly a performance wear. They're not a, a style wear, so to speak. You're clearly a serious athlete of some nature. So interesting. So ENGO, for those that are listening to this, price point is about mid 300s to high 300s, depending on which version you go with. Looks like there's some, some great options. No risk trials, all kinds of good stuff. So get yourself a pair of ENGOs. Wait, are they on the market? I mean, it looks like they are. Am I, yeah. am I seeing it correct? Okay. Yeah, they are on the market, ready to buy. Cool. So what other, other, other sports, running, golf, biking, what else can you get out of these things? That's the only thing that I've tried so far. I think they're built for running and biking, but you tell me, what would you like to see? Yeah. I mean, well, the first that comes to mind is beach volleyball. Um, I don't know what data you would wear, but they, uh, they seem to maybe trends of where you're seeing the, the balls come at you. So if you're digging a hit from the strong side, are they usually going down the line? Or are they going cross court? Can it start to pick up tells from the from a team from a competitive aspect? So, yeah. and, and what I'll, I'll rephrase that a little bit. If you're you know right now we're looking at biking and running and golf, those are individual sports. You're playing against a course, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Is there an application here for a versus scenario? Yeah, I was just going to say I, I see these work for individual sports yeah. a lot more. Yeah, right. Um, surfing. Yep. Sailing, where you're actually relying on multiple different types of statistics, 
that actually make a an impact to the decisions you take. Yeah, you know, surfing is an interesting one, Alex. I was at South by Southwest and I actually attended a session with the World Surfing League. And there's actually a tech application there in terms of wave identification and wave, you know, placement in the water and being able to see and identify the future path of a potential wave and its size and shape. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you would need a goggle at that point, um, obviously being a little bit of a different environment, but, um, there's definitely an application there as well, which is interesting, I think. Yeah. And I think as, as we talk about like surfing tech, I don't remember the last time I, I saw a surfer wearing sunglasses while surfing. So nope. I would go with maybe an earpiece, right. And, and they have some sort of audible play. So it just really depends on, on the experience that you're looking to create. And the thing I love about these glasses and what I am looking forward to the technology being over the next three to five years is the minimal impact they actually have on the user, right? You are not pulling something out of your pocket or looking at your hand when you are doing something. I finished a, a marathon not too long ago, and I think you're an ultra marathoner, if I'm not mistaken. A former, retired. Former. But my point is like when I was running and I was trying to keep up some sort of like pace, I'd, I'd constantly be looking at my watch or yep. if my watch would disconnect, I'd pull out my phone and, and it was just, it was just, it was annoying, right? All I wanted to do was run. And so these things are right there. You don't do you think, anything. do you think we're hitting the bubble on the phone on the design of it? Cause I, I agree with you, the pulling out the, that constant motion, whether it's a golf course scenario, whether it's just at a restaurant or in a meeting, there's an awkwardness to it. For me, the, the the watch doesn't solve that because it actually the watch in many ways is almost more intrusive. So yeah, are we reaching the bubble on the phone? Is there a next new design, at least that the market may call for? I don't I don't think there's something out there yet, but I think we're reaching that point where the next thing is probably ready to pop. Yeah, I think there's two things there. I think there's limitations to the phone, right? We have seen phones in every single shape, size, and format. We've seen big phones, fat phones, tall phones. I mean, Zach Morris phones. And the reality is like, we just don't know how to fit all this data and UI into a two-dimensional viewpoint, right? So if you've seen most phones, most phones are now about the size, I mean, plus or minus, right? About the size of an iPhone 12. I think what we've determined is this is the right size phone. It fits in your pocket or your wallet or your purse or whatever. And the data that we get in there is exactly the same. The other thing that I've seen is in, what was it, 2010-ish, right? We basically crammed everything and the kitchen sink into a website. We are starting to do the exact same thing with apps, right? It's like, how much more can we shove in here? And how many more menus can we put in here? And the reality is the technology is there to do so much more, right? There's conversational UI or generative um, AI. Why not just have a simple conversation instead of having to scroll through infinite UI? There's notifications on the phone. You say, hey, listen, the watch is annoying, but I, I just bought the, the Apple Watch about four months ago. All it does is send you push notifications. Most of the applications on here are push notifications. It's reminders to come to the phone. So there's no there's no breakthrough technology yet, but I think it's getting there. Yeah, I think you hit on the, the qualitative aspect of this thing, and it's that it used to be an amazing thing that brought a new element to our life that we couldn't live without, and now it's starting to be more of an annoyance, which causes a pain point and a friction point, which you know through the history of time leads to new tech and better tech. Yes. And I think we should talk about that next time, Alex, because you mentioned something, dimensions. Length, width, depth, space, time. How can we make this thing different? And I think that's next up on Tech by Design. Ooh.